0: Hello ladies, the Big Balbozki here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. they
1: talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness.
2: they talking all of this they- Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Paschery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepagina, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Um. I guess this week we are going to do our worst of episode of the year. Uh, But before we get into some of our... Oh, ALO, if you had something you wanted to say, by all means, chime in. This was the only episode
0: Pash was elated to do this this year. (laughs) First episode of the year, he's he's elated.
2: (laughs) Interestingly enough, I actually did watch... I, I made my New Year's resolution a couple weeks ago. I saw. That I would start watching Wednesday nights. Um... And I did watch AEW, and I had every intention of watching NXT, but my life resolutions matter more than my New Year's <laughs> resolutions, and my life resolution is to not watch one second of anything that Sam Roberts is on. So I couldn't watch NXT. Oh, really? Uh, because he was on. Yeah, it was their award show, so I, okay. I tuned, out, tuned out as soon as I saw him.
0: How was AEW? I heard it was good.
2: So it looks- as someone who has not watched it in maybe since, like, week three or four. I honestly really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought they did some good, like, video packages. I thought the matches were good. I thought there was some good character stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Chris Jericho obviously had some great mm-hmm. mic work talking to, uh, to Moxley. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. They even had, like, the theme which I really like now granted, having not watched it, I didn't have the context going in, but the idea of is the elite still elite? Because they have kind of fallen on hard times in their own promotion. And I like that they all had a match on Wednesday's show and they all kind of had something to prove. They all came out on top on Wednesday. But I like that, that that's like a storyline they're doing that these guys who started this are, have fallen on hard times. So no I thought it was good, and uh, we could get into some specifics about aew um but I guess if we want to get back get like jump right into one of the worst of categories <laughs> this year uh how would you feel about starting with worst worst tag team?
0: Oh. well before we start i want i want I kinda think we need to make a rule for this. Mm-hmm. I think we should all be limited to one Bob and Lana each <laughs> It can't just be the worst well now
2: I have to they do can't all my be the worst everything yes. I have to do all my research all over again
0: yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was only <laughs> fitting because I for yeah. me they would take the cake in every award, but to make it a little bit more fun, I think we're, we're limited to one each
2: okay. I feel like I'm okay with that me too So Halo, do you want to start off with worst
0: tag team? well the winners last year was D-Generation X of Triple H and Sean Michael <laughs> for Worst okay. Tag Team. But this year it was tough because we saw the same tag teams over and over again. So uh, I'll just say the Forgotten Sons.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Because their name is fitting and it's still not over with me. and <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. Nah, I don't blame
2: you. Prep, do you have one? Because I do have one.
1: So for my worst tag team I'm going to go with damn I just had it. <laughs> I was scrolling through the roster because I'm like damn I really you know what I'm just going to go with this. I really want to say that the Viking Raiders were my worst tag team because they it's it might not be their fault but they were fumbles from the beginning like the Viking experience maybe one of it's not my worst decision. We'll get to that later. But maybe one of the worst decisions was giving them that terrible name. Yes. And there's something about these NXT like big tag teams that they just don't transfer to the main roster well. We saw it with uh, The Ascension. We've seen it with other teams that are like, all right, this isn't that... Like AOP, they didn't really transfer that well when they came up to the main roster the first time. So for me... The Viking Raiders, they're my worst tag team of the year.
0: And and to go off of that, how much over more better of a spot they would it be if they just state the War Raiders?
1: <laughs> this is true. Just,
0: just something so simple. I, I don't know what Vince's infatuation with Vikings is. I understand the whole Viking thing is popular now because of the show Vikings, so it's a thing in pop culture. But I honestly don't think it is, it's as popular as he thinks because it's never gotten over.
1: Honorable mention to the Bollywood boys. I love them.
2: <laughs> you would. Uh, for me, worst tag team goes to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Oh, my God. <laughs> Solely because I can't stand Kyle O'Reilly. So, no no real insult meant to Bobby Fish, but sorry, buddy. You're going down with the ship.
0: So before we move forward, we should let everybody know that this is sick. <laughs> uh, uh maybe not all of it well it, it's not it, it's strict, but it's the true feelings of ron pastury jr
2: yes okay. it's, it's me it's me not bowing down to what i believe the popular opinions of the internet wrestling community are i think they are mostly wrong and i am 100% willing to tell them that they are wrong at every turn um and I think it's fun to start off with a little bit of a controversial one. Uh, a little bit of, like, I don't know how newsworthy this is, but it is something I came across on social media. That WWE shareholders are very upset with Vince <laughs> for allocating uh, company funds to towards the XFL. Oh, that, that's what that was uh, about. Yes, and I love it. <laughs> that he has spent his whole life basically feeling like he can do whatever he wants. Now he wants to fund this other project he has, and all these people are mad at him for taking money away from WWE. I, I hate that guy, um, and I don't know if anyone has any feelings on him getting in trouble with the shareholders, but I will say, shareholders, he's done a lot worse stuff uh, for your shareholdings than taking some of the revenue for the XFL. Almost everything he does on every Monday night is worse than him selling (laughs) off WWE shares. They're putting stuff on hold for the XFL. Um, But, yeah, I hope uh, life continues to be miserable for him. I hope his ratings continue to go down. I hope the XFL fails. And I hope he ends up bankrupt by the end of 2020. That would be my uh, my wish for Vince McMahon uh, in the coming year. Um... Let's see, which one do I want to go with next here? How about worst segment? I will go first, uh, and I'll get my Bob and Lana out of the way. Uh, (laughs) To me, anything that had Bob Lashley and Lana in it was the worst segment of the year, every single one of them. Uh, I don't know why millions of people watched this stuff on YouTube. I don't know why anyone continues to watch Raw uh for any reason especially when this is on tv but that is my vote for worst segment of the years anything those two did together how about you alo oh
0: pat i have a confession i did it i was the one touting the youtube numbers for this stuff Mm -hmm. since the since the inception of it but Mm -hmm. i didn't even watch it this week (laughs) i i I couldn't bring myself i couldn't bring bring myself to do it
2: i think it was smart
0: yeah i I saw live morgan and i saw the group text and then uh you, you wanted me to say this. The lesbians!
2: Yes, <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the I, only redeemable thing that came out of those segments. Say it one more time. The lesbians! But, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, that was really for you. But my worst segment of 2019 was, give me what I want! Give me what I want! Give me what um, I want! The I that was segment. I still watch that segment just for laughs and giggles because... Nothing was there. And the way Triple H is leaving, it, he can't even recover from it. So I'm like, give you what you want. You want? Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Oh, I know what you want. Give me what I want. It was so bad. But, so that's my was worst terrible. segment of the year.
2: A lot of saliva all over the place yes. during that segment as well. Yeah, my worst segment
1: of the year was the wedding. It was awful. <laughs> I, this is this is my Bob Lashley and Lana Fix as well. I, and I do agree with Pash that anything – I won't say anything i did laugh at a few things that they did but like the majority of the garbage that came out of this lashley and lana feud and rusev or whatever it's just so bad and the whole lesbians thing really crushed it for me like <laughs> you guys make these fantastic video packages for Liv morgan and this is what you bring her back to do yeah like don't get me wrong i'm not saying that this girl's like future hall of famer but don't build up this talent for nothing like i remember and this is like really stupid but like remember the mojo raleigh yeah. vignettes <laughs> figure it out yeah <laughs> did, did we ever get anything from the figure it out no besides uh zach and kurt saying it on the podcast no nothing we got nothing from that And that's how I feel with this Liv Morgan thing. It's going to be nothing, and she's going to be back in obscurity in about a week.
2: Uh, Yeah, you're right. I was hoping she was going to get brought back as part of the Firefly Funhouse. But obviously, they they chose not to go that direction. I think huge mistake on their part. Um, So I'm curious if you guys have seen this or not. Uh, The clip that has been going around on social media of Jordan Oliver and Blake Christian. I love Jordan Oliver. But have you seen this clip?
1: Yeah, that they said like choreographed, whatever, like
2: they were upset about it. Well, some people were upset about it. And of course, some people were in love with it. Um, Ayla, have you seen this clip or no?
0: No.
1: Usually, uh, before you keep going, you usually like this stuff, though, like the Will Ospreay Ricochet thing you didn't really have a problem with.
2: That I didn't. Uh, this, to me, was like. I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. I was going to say the Bizarro version of that, but that's not actually accurate. This is like that times a million, where it, this might as well have been like an in sync video to me. Those are good. I. <laughs> Okay, this was that if it was bad. Okay, this is a Backstreet Boys video then. Okay. This, it was too, at least with Ricochet and Osprey, it was like, okay, I'm watching two guys who are really great at what they do, who are maybe the future of where this is going. And to me, these two guys, it looks like as if what Ricochet and Will Osprey were doing went in the wrong direction. Uh, it was like too much. It was too like it looked like I hate to say this, but it was like too soft for me. It it just it didn't. Which one did you say you liked? Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver.
1: Well, he's a local guy. Oh, okay. I used to see him at Dojo War shows and and CZW. He's on TV now on mm-hmm. MLW. Like he he has like a platform. Like long like he was like a czw wire champion for a really long time and he has like his own faction like the young dumb and broke guys he's he's 20 years old you know yeah oh he's that young yeah and I think he's good at this whole like high flying style and he has size which makes it even more better and he's not even filled out yet so I like but I understand the hate on it but I still think like I don't know it does it doesn't bother me like I've seen like I'd rather watch that than like a lot of these women's matches that we <laughs> that we get on RAW, you know, or a lot of the matches in general that we get on RAW. So what? A, so,
2: yeah, what I,
0: so what actually happened in the video?
2: It it's just a match of them doing like acrobatic, countering each other. It's it's like it's it's osprey and ricochet like on steroids. Okay. So, but like let
1: it doesn't. Let me just say that they don't have that finesse, like ricochet and osprey i don't know if you remember that but that was like
0: mm-hmm.
1: like they looked like professional acrobats mm-hmm. and then you watch this and you're like oh these
2: guys are trying to be that mm-hmm.
1: and it's not quite hitting
2: yeah it's like nothing's actually really happening they're just kind of dancing around the ring for for five minutes uh, and my thing is i don't want to like trash either of these two guys because obviously i have no no personal vendetta against each, either guy I'd like to see them both have like a long, successful career. I'd like to see them both make a lot of money. But what they did in the ring is just like, come on. I have no desire to watch that. There's no, no reason I would ever sit down and watch it. And I know my thing is, if you don't like it, don't watch it. And I will just say, in my defense, I didn't go out of my way to watch it. As scrolling through Twitter, I just kept seeing it over and over again. And I mm-hmm. felt I should comment on it that I hated it. And uh, I hope I don't ever see it again. Um,
1: yeah, I'm trying to get the like video number for ALO so I can tell you how successful it was. Oh yeah, I'm sure that. But sure I can't it's find the original. Numbers. But just on Jordan Oliver's, he has like 1500, you know, view or likes or whatever. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it got a ton of viewership because it's it's one of those things. And maybe this is good that it's so polarizing because it seems like people either love it or hate it, and that seems to be what you kind of need you have to be one of those two extremes or you have to have both extremes uh so maybe that it was good for both that well definitely was good for both of them well, because it got them both a ton of exposure uh but this may be my uh front runner for worst match of uh 2020 <laughs> <laughs> because it it came in early in 2020 uh how about we go with worst decision of 2019 alo do you want to kick it off
0: Uh, you can go ahead first patch if you have yours.
2: I think the worst decision was as it was last year doing the show in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's, it's one of the main reasons why, and you know, you guys asked me this a, a little while ago, you know, what would it take for me to get back into WWE? And I think the fact that they have this relationship with Saudi Arabia, there's nothing they could do to get me back on board with them that's why i am fully invested in the wednesday night wars at this point because mondays and fridays i, I just can't do it i don't have it in me to, to watch them anymore so continuing to do this saudi arabia show and being a a pr machine for the royal family over there that's my choice for worst decision of 2019 how about
0: you well i'll try to find one that was a. Uh... Well, this is kind of a big one, but I was trying to think of something else that was actually like more impactful to somebody's career, but mine is Kofi dropping out in four seconds of Brock Lesnar.
2: <laughs>
0: he, Kofi did not deserve that, and I, I talked about Corey Gray's podcast a few week, the last few weeks, and I, on one of the earlier episodes, New Day was on there, and Kofi was actually explaining it and why he never, quote-unquote, got a rematch it's like, and he was saying, I'm, I'm basically, I'm saying I'm quoting him properly, but just take me as paraphrasing. But he told him that I lost in four seconds, so a rematch isn't even valid because I didn't even put up a fight. And Kofi being the the, the quote unquote company guy, in that interview with, with Corey Graves is, is just okay. I, I we understand it, but you deserve better than that. And, like, when the, when the match got booked and announced, he was like, oh, my God, what, like, how's Kofi going get, to get, get out of this? Like, we all knew Brock was going to end up winning, but we didn't know how, what the outcome was going to be, what the match was going to look like. But they just completely squashed Kofi and destroyed everything that he built for those six months since WrestleMania into the debut of SmackDown on Fox. They killed—it wasn't—as you know, like, if it's not Vince's guy, the champion isn't always that important. On the in the on the on the match card, but Kofi actually like Eric said he had a pretty good year. Like he defended the title numerous times on SMAC, on TV and on pay per view, and the matches were good. And he finally kind of reached his dream. He was the biggest storyline of 2019, and he actually won the match of the year from us. So that's my biggest booking decision that they messed up on in 2019.
2: And also, how far ahead did that championship and that brand? Get because of Brock Lesnar. Because to my eye, it did not really make any difference for them. It did not push them in the right direction at all. He's
0: not even on. He's not even on SmackDown anymore, which is saying a lot too.
2: Yeah, it was a pretty stupid decision. Prep, do you have a worse decision? I gotta go with the same one. I was trying <laughs> to think of something
1: else, but that was my first pick. It's, it's a shame because you know that movement was so pivotal, and for them to just shit all over it beating him and whatever it was two seconds like it was so bad that they didn't even count to three they just counted to two (laughs) is that true no
2: (laughs) (laughs) i kind of was hoping it was and we don't even need to do a three count that's how bad it's gonna be
1: that was that's that's my pick as well
2: um so before we move into any more awards i wanted to talk a little bit about something that i know happened uh in WWE this week we had reports of a Randy Orton injury at I believe a live event yep and it spilled over onto Raw where he basically revealed that he was pretending to be injured and got one over on AJ Styles to which all I can say is like yes we're <laughs> definitely now getting Randall Orton at the 2020 Royal Rumble, as if anybody (laughs) really needed that. Randall Keith. Why did they need, why did they need, why did they feel the need to tease us not getting Randall Orton and then give us this big reveal as if anyone should care in 2020 that Randall Orton is going to be able to still wrestle? Alo, do you care that Randall Orton is not on the shelf? I'm
0: glad you said that. Because, once again, you're just... It's 2020 now, and uh, I know me, you talked about um, a monthly schedule for what we'll be doing, so I was kind of brainstorming which Royal Rumble we should watch, and I thought about 2004, and I'm like, I think that was Randy Orton's first Rumble match he was in, and that's 16 years ago, so they're teasing Randy Orton being in a Royal Rumble, being at the Royal Rumble for 16 year, for the 16th year in a row, basically.
2: Yeah, who needs that? I don't know. Like, like I always say, I am not clamoring to watch like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar play basketball anymore. I don't need to see Brett Favre come back. Why do I need to see old wrestlers keep doing it? Like, sorry, it doesn't do it for me. I need like, keep the train moving forward. Like Jerry Rice, he the greatest of all, the greatest football player probably of all time. I don't need to see him play anymore. So I, I, it's just beyond me that they still act like these guys are at the top of the profession when they aren't. And they easily could just put somebody else in that position. And I can't wait till 15 years from now when they don't have any stars left anymore to bring back because they wasted, well, they wasted the last 15 years continuing to give us stone cold and the rock and William Goldberg and like all these guys and a whole generation of guys will have passed with nobody but Cena becoming, like, a household name. So they will not have anyone to turn to eventually, and I cannot wait till that day comes when they realize, oh, shit, like, do people want to see an 80-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin? Like, sorry, they probably don't, and you won't have anybody else to put in that place. Uh, Prep, are you excited about Randall Keith Orton potentially being in the Rumble this year? I mean, I guess. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I mean
1: there's I, I'm kind of indifferent to it. Like I don't have the hate of him that you do. So it's it's just he's just another guy in the match like the I guess the problem would be like oh he's taking up space for like you know you got to figure in you got to figure the NXT will be incorporated like more so this year. So if he's in it then that's less NXT guys that I get to see in it.
2: And my problem is it isn't even so much him being in it. My problem is that you thought he, anyone would care about the idea, oh, thank God he's not injured. Andre Andre cares. Yeah. Andre, Andre care likes whether Randy Orton was, Randy was injured Orton. or not. Has he seriously never been in a Royal Rumble? No, he's been in it every year for like 16 and years. And has won it, what, twice? Oh, yeah. He's won twice.
1: I was scared for it <laughs> Because I'm like, what the
2: hell? That's boy? his boy. I love Randy Orton. Yeah, it's it's, it's not my boy. We, we <laughs> could talk about that at another time. Yeah. Um, my boy's Elroy. I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's so much hate for Randy Orton. I think it's that he like represents a certain thing that I hate. And he's kind of the way I always use Sami Zayn as like the, uh, the indie darling. I don't have anything against Sami Zayn. That's just the name I use to make an example. I think <laughs> Randall Orton <laughs> has become the face of like... This guy that has been around so long, that like, why do we care about him anymore? Uh, and you know what, Randy Orton is kind of like a little bit passively racist and kind of an asshole. So, you know, I guess there there are some things I don't really like about him. Uh, so, to maybe the worst superstar of the last 15 years, you know what? I won't go worst superstar yet. We'll hold on to that. How about we go worst Angle?
1: Well, this is hard now that I already used my Lana card. <laughs>
0: Uh, my worst angle is the wild card rule.
2: I actually had that written down and went with something else.
0: Really? Yeah, I'm uh, glad I, I changed mine. I'm interested to see what you have. But yeah, th- that that was terrible. And then when Vince even announced it, he's like, I just made it up. I'm a genius. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel that he made it up on the spot. Which he very well may have. <laughs> I just thought about it. It, it, uh. was, it. it was not good. It made no sense. And... It was definitely one of the worst ideas he ever had.
1: Um. Okay. Alo, Please refresh my memory because this year is a big pile of doo doo. Mm-hmm. Was the revival whole like jokey stuff this year, like shaving their backs and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my worst angle. The one ben of the best
2: in the trunks. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. One of the worst tag teams of this era or one of the best tag teams of this
2: era and they have them do stuff like that. Like, come on, that's my worst angle. That's a good one. Uh, you know, and there was something in my head that I, uh, that was probably what I was thinking of, but I kept going back to like some stuff from two years ago with, uh, Gallows and Anderson, but that is a very good choice. So mine, I, I did a little bit of a cheat cause I don't know if I call it an angle per se, but I, my choice for worst angle of the year is the entirety of 2019 for Seth Rollins because the year last year and on him when 2018 came to a close. And now there's literally, unless you're like a stand for Seth Rollins, there's like nobody left who can even take watching him anymore.
1: We really got to stop voting for these superstars. Of the, who did you guys pick this year? Adam Cole. I didn't finish the episode. uh Damn, man, I'm not looking forward to next year for him, because look at Braun. Remember Braun's year, the on. year after he won Superstar of the Year? Mm-hmm. Seth won last year. Look at his year. This. Oh, man, Adam Cole's doom.
0: What did yeah. what, what,
2: what Joey call? um, Colby Calais? Colby Calais, yes. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, for Colby Lopez. <laughs> yeah, uh, so anything that, pretty much the entire year for Seth Rollins. I mean, can you think of anyone who had... I mean, maybe there are people who had a worse year. But can you think of anyone who fell further? Oh, no. Def- 2019 than oh, oh, Seth no. Rollins. Oh, no. No. Twitter Twitter Seth is a fun
1: character idea, though, that I heard pitched.
0: So.
2: Yeah, but, like, and there are good things they could do with it. I mean, you could definitely use the ill will people have towards him to make it something good. I don't have the faith that they will. But like it's it's weird because it's not even similar to to something I talked about with uh with the other Colby uh, Colby Covington on the Your Boy Elroy podcast, which will also be available when you hear this. Um,
1: Ayla, if you don't know, that's a white boy that loves Trump.
0: <laughs> oh, I hate him, man. <laughs> he, so he blows in twenty three hundred arena.
2: Yeah, there are certain guys that are really good heels, like. Like Kevin Owens, great heel. Like you hate that character when you're supposed to.
1: Baron Corbin.
2: Baron Corbin, the the Rock, back in his heyday. Like there are great heels, and then there are guys that you just don't like. Like I like, I mean the the, the famous term X Pac heat, where you just really don't like someone. It's not that they're a heel getting heat. I think Colby Covington to me is that where I'm like I just don't like this guy. I don't think he's a good heel. That's how I feel about Seth Rollins. It's just genuine dislike that people have for him at this point. And who would have seen that coming two years ago or last year, or probably even like nine months ago. But here we are. He's like, nobody wants to see him. He ruined maybe the best angle uh, that they had in 2019. So, yeah, I think he's had a year from hell, uh, which I guess culminated at Hell in a Cell this year. Um, So, yeah, a little bit of a cheat, but I felt like it deserved to be mentioned. Uh, Do you want to go with worst superstar or worst match first?
0: Uh, We can do worst match.
2: So, worst match, I'll go first because you guys both set it for uh, worst decision. Worst match of the year, uh, Brock Lesnar defeating Kofi (laughs) Kingston in five seconds or whatever it was. It was like one of – granted, there were not many straws left. Uh, for me at that point, but that was like maybe the final straw. Because if you remember, I told you guys for months, the the only thing I'm excited about in WWE weekly programming is tuning in to that first SmackDown on Fox, because I think they're going to do everything they can to put on a big show and keep eyes on it and get people excited about the weeks to come. And they had had a really good like first 45 minutes, and then it culminated in that, which just... Because I, I don't think I watched another SmackDown again after that. I think that just killed SmackDown on Fox for me. So there's no other single match that I can say ruined an entire weekly show for me than Brock Lesnar defeating Kofi Kingston. So that is my worst match of the year. Prep, do you have a worst match of the year? Uh, the Hell in a Cell. It was
1: just like it's too obvious. It was <laughs> really. I don't think I don't think I need to explain myself. The Hell in a Cell with Seth and the Fiend.
0: I don't have to explain myself with my answer. The worst match in twenty nineteen was Mark Calloway versus Bill Goldberg in Saudi Arabia.
2: Oh wait, say that one more time. You're breaking up.
0: Uh, the worst match in twenty nineteen was Mark Calloway versus Bill Goldberg, and uh, which one was a super showdown?
2: Uh, who
0: could be? Uh, <laughs> you
2: know what? I, I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't. Even that's how you know what i'm proud of myself that i have detached myself from wwe so much that in my mind i didn't even remember that that was a thing that happened in 2019. really how could you yeah, forget? I totally forgot i terrible. don't know but i totally forgot about it it
0: was so bad that i had to watch it <laughs> was it so bad it was good no no like this is like oof, that was bad and it, it, it made the undertaker have to come back to redeem himself in philly and put and have an excellent tag team match with Roman Reigns. It it made him have to do that. And then Bill had to redeem himself with Dolph Ziggler, but that was all Dolph Ziggler it's taking the best yeah. spear I've ever seen. The, the
2: There is no redeeming William Goldberg.
0: <laughs> Ziggler with the best spear cell ever of all time.
2: <laughs> I do have one other candidate for worst match of the year. And Alo mentioned this in his worst segment of the year. Uh, Dave Batista against Paul Levesque. <laughs> Triple H versus Batista at WrestleMania. Wow, it this was, was like had years. It was like I felt like it was forty-five minutes long. It was it was the longest it match was, with the car, I think. Yeah, you have all this talent on your roster right now, and you spend like thirty-five minutes on what a forty-nine-year-old Batista and a fifty-year-old Triple H or Actually, Batista's older than Batista, that. Batista's oh, is yeah. probably like fifty-three. Like who needed and a Batista who had not wrestled in how long since he was Blue Tista in 2015 or whatever yep. it was? Brutal. Uh, yeah, that I don't know. A lot of bad matches. We probably could each list ten more that uh, would be worthy uh, contenders for worst match of the year. But I think we I think we we captured most of the ones that really deserve uh, the vitriol. Uh, before we get on to our final award. Uh, ALO, did you watch anything this week as far as like weekly product for anyone?
0: No, my vacation didn't officially end until yesterday.
2: Okay, so you, you've been on vacation up through yesterday, so you haven't seen anything.
0: No, because but I am aware of what AEW did. And like you said, they started doing a lot of character stuff, and that's what I was seeing on social media. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll actually watch this week. Because NXT, I can catch any time. But the whole AEW thing, I think I'm going to tune in because I saw Jericho cut the promo outside on Moxley. Um, MJF. I heard he made stipulations for his matchup with Cody, and you just talked about the the elite not being <clears throat> a unit or or, or elite anymore. But, yes. But you know, and um, I, the Fatal foil for Women's title. Like even the card that they presented actually looked really good on paper. So I meant the I mean I'm going to watch it. And uh, please go on about Sammy Guevara being a complete creep calling out Victoria Justice's sister. <laughs> 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 Sammy Guevara might actually be the worst
2: superstar. Like, he is so unbelievably bad. And, like, the worst decision could be having him in such a prominent role in AEW. Uh, The worst angle could be just him being a part of any angle. Uh, He's, I mean, look, he's a really talented wrestler, but from a personality standpoint... And a character standpoint, I mean, he is just terrible. He had... I mean, he looked awful. He had to come out at the end of Moxley's match and kind of... he set up Jericho's whole segment. And it was just so bad. Really? Uh, It's horrible. He's he's terrible. If you're a fan of Sammy Guevara, please let me know why. Because (laughs) I can't think of one reason why you should be. He's atrocious. Um, But yeah... And the other thing they did that was good was Jericho did the whole thing, basically pitching to Moxley, you know, you could join the Dark Order or whatever they're called. You could join, what is Brandy's thing called? The Nightmare what? What's it called, prep?
1: Collective.
2: Okay. Nightmare Collective. He was Basically, he was saying, you could join these other factions, but you can come and be an equal partner uh, in the inner circle with me. So basically, he offered him, like, we can be co-leaders of this thing. You're going to be on equal footing with me. And moxley the only response was like you know i consider you a friend i consider you a mentor you're somebody i look up to and the world will get their answer next week so it's like they had this all this build up for jericho and moxley and they gave you a reason to tune in to see how that that turns out next week which wwe has gotten really bad at giving you a reason to want to watch next week and aew if nothing else gave you that uh to look forward to next week and mjf Obviously, anytime he's on the microphone, it's great, uh, and he it, this week was no exception. Uh, gave the stipulations to Cody, got a lot of heat from the crowd. I'm trying to remember what the what the uh, the stipulations were.
0: One was you can't that, touch him until the pay per view or something like that. So that's
2: one. One was that he had to defeat a wrestler of his choosing, which is uh, Waldis or whatever the guy's name is. That's his bodyguard that looks like a a poor man's Roman Reigns to me, um, and the other stipulation was that MJF gets to whip him with his belt ten times, which <laughs> which I I kind of think is funny. Uh, but yeah, MJF is is tremendous. The more he gets to be on TV, the better. The more he gets to talk, the better. And I think Prep, you said MJF is. I don't. Maybe it was you that said this. MJF is great till he has to wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and. I find him, I may be in the minority with this, but like I find him to be the type of wrestler that like, it's funny to me that he's not like great in the ring. Like it's entertaining to me that he's not a great in-ring worker. It kind of plays into the whole gimmick and the whole character for me. Um, But yeah, you know what? And here's another thing. I thought AEW was really good and I thought it was really fun to watch. And I'm actually looking forward to watching it next Wednesday. But I just can't help but think: Is Sammy Guevara alone the reason why NXT has pulled ahead of them in the ratings? <laughs> because I think he might be. He's my front runner. I think I had a front runner for uh, worst match of the year with—I uh, don't even remember their names anymore. But worst superstar of the year, you know, runner-up, leader in the clubhouse right now is Sammy Guevara. Uh, Prep, did you watch anything this week? No. Is there anything you plan to watch from this week before the week is over? Uh, I want to see the
1: NXT award show. Uh, I watched like a bunch of clips of AEW. I don't think it was necessary to watch.
2: Um, yeah, it may not be necessary. And mean... oh
1: yeah, and I saw. I mean, I saw the raw segments, like most of them, but I didn't like sit down and watch anything. I got stuck watching, or not stuck. I. I was actually pretty happy watching you.
0: Thank you. Yeah,
2: I. Uh,
1: Fantastic. So, yes, all three
2: of us watched it. Uh, we may have to talk about it next week because our, our good friend Andre Rodriguez, sitting to my left, is actually on episode three of season one. So, I would hate to spoil. Oh, anything God, Andre, get it together. Here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we had a little bit of a chat about it in the car earlier. Okay. Andre, I'm going to le- I'm going to let you just start talking here. Andre just held up his phone to me with just Samoa Joe question mark. So, I would like to know, what is it you'd like to know about Samoa Joe?
1: Is he going to be champion in 2020?
2: Oh <laughs> man, a superstar that the WWE needs. Will Andre, he redeem them. Andre, he should have been a champion at some point in 2019. He should have been a champion at some point in 2018. Was he on the main roster at any point in 2017 or no? He was. So he should have been a champion at some point in 2017. And they have had at least a half dozen opportunities that, like, made perfect sense to put a title on him, and they never did it. Well, wait, was he ever – was he a – he was, like, a mid-card title yeah, at some he point, was right? US, he was a U.S. champion this year. U.S. champion, that's right. The perfect opportunity to make him a champion, I think, was when – this stuff was going on with uh like braun and brock and all those guys yeah mm-hmm. samoa joe is maybe the guy most deserving of a world championship that does not have one or has not had one
1: that's literally what i was thinking like why have we not seen samoa joe versus braun or samoa joe versus brock
2: because i feel like he'd be that guy to really take it to them not just in the wrestling area but in the promos so we've seen him against both of those guys and he Honestly his promos are excellent no matter who he's feuding with. But the, like,
0: Bro- oh, the, the Brock stuff was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Brock stuff was some of my favorite stuff. So uh, he faced
0: Brock.
2: Yes.
1: Oh, Did yeah. he win? No. No.
2: Basically they they build him up just to have him like not win and it's what? it's been why is Brock always, like, the gatekeeper in all of this? It he's makes not no the sin.
1: gatekeeper, though. But you know what they, I mean. He's, like, he's, he's that guy the, who's always yeah. spoiling everything.
2: Because they see him as the guy who used to sell a million UFC pay-per-views ten years ago.
1: He's not that good guy. Anymore. Like, that's
2: what they think he is, and he's not anymore. Ugh. Nobody cares about Brock anymore. And I was going to say, unless you're a Brock stan, but I don't know how many of those there are. Uh, so then I'll, I'll ask the two of you each. One do you think we see a world title on Samoa Joe in 2020? And two, what is the best reason you could come up with for why we have not seen a world title on him yet?
1: Uh, I do I do think that they're going to put the title on him at some point this year. Uh, I think his work on commentary just like made oh. them love him more. Oh, yeah. More. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, yo, you know what's crazy? The only thing I looked for in these, like, the holiday season, I decided to, like, take a little break, you know, from wrestling, a little step back from social media. And, like, the only thing I would seek out was Samoa Joe, and he was just spitting that fire. Like, he is so good. So, I think the only thing that would hold him back is, like, Vince reminding himself, like, he's fat. <laughs>
2: uh alo before you give your answer i want to say something real quick obviously you both know from doing this show with me that i hold my own personal skills on the microphone in very high regard uh and most of the time that i've watched guys speak into a microphone in wwe most guys i would look at and be like i could do that better than that guy Samoa Joe is on a very short list of people that when I watch him talk into a microphone, I say, I wish I was as good as that guy. So that's how good Samoa Joe is to me on the microphone. He's one of very few guys that I'm like, wow, that is what I aspire to, to be that good at using my voice, using my words into a microphone as Samoa Joe does. Now, Alo, do you think we see a world title on Samoa Joe in 2020? And what do you think is the best reason you can come up with why he has not yet?
0: Absolutely not, because <clears throat> he's freaking fat, bro. But that, 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 like, <laughs> he's, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. I love Samoa Joe. I've been championing Samoa Joe for years. Vince is going to do it. He's not. He's just not. Because one, like Andre, like he was saying about uh, Andre was about Brock being the gatekeep, the quote unquote gatekeeper. You can you can make that. You could you could use that. Use that word as it because Brock's like there half the time. <laughs>
2: so, yeah,
0: that's half. Of, that's probably half the year right there that Brock that Brock will be going. And who knows what what's going to happen at WrestleMania? Because the reports going around that nobody knows what the hell they're going to do at WrestleMania yet, which could be a gift and a curse. But I don't see it. Like they position him to be in his big in his feud with uh, Seth Rollins and AOP. But like who who cares? Mm-hmm. Like Samoa Joe should have been world champion two years ago because like we talked about just talked about a few minutes ago the whole Brock thing with him and Brock had going into great balls of fire and what he did with Paul Heyman how great it was and how he actually took it and choked out Brock and Heyman saying Heyman legit being afraid of Samoa Joe saying I'm just an advocate I'm just an advocate I'm just an advocate
1: <laughs> that was so good I remember the first like the first part of that whole build was so fantastic.
0: Yeah, even with the bro, it, Braun the same way. Braun, remember he had, they, that, that face-off heading to No Mercy, but the matches, they, they weren't great because we, they had to book Brock to win, but I don't think Samoa Joe's going to do it. Well, I don't think they're going to put the title on Samoa Joe because, one, because Brock's going to be there for, Brock's going to be going for an extended amount of time. And after that, We don't even know who the next guy is going to be. It should be Joe, but it's not going to be. So
2: one more thing I want to say to Andre about Samoa Joe. A couple months ago, uh, I actually used Samoa Joe as an example of the reason. I think they, they asked me on the show, like, what would it take to get you back into WWE? And one of the examples I used as to why I can never get back into WWE is because even if something is going really well that gets me excited they have killed all of my faith in their ability to like pay it off or make it something that I still like. And the main example I used was Samoa Joe, the amount of times we've been teased with like, they're gonna do it and then doesn't happen. Oh, they're gonna do it, doesn't happen. So I'm glad you brought up Samoa Joe because he is definitely a favorite of those of us on the show. We definitely are bitterly disappointed with the lack of championship accolades he's received. And you know what I'm gonna say, they will put a title on him in 2020 just for no other reason than I just think the guy deserves it. And he's earned it. It's not just because he's been around so long. He has done exceptional work in WWE. And it's not even like living off of his history. It's like anytime they put him in something, he's probably one of the two or three best things they have going on in the company, if not the best. So eventually I feel like that has to be rewarded. And why not 2020? Why not start off the new decade with... Giving a a deserving guy his first world championship in the company. Um, And what's the last thing we have left? Worst superstar of the year. Yes. Prep. You want to go first with your worst superstar?
1: It's a shame because this guy, when he first debuted, was like on the trajectory trajectory to be like the best of the year, but. I got to go with Bray Wyatt, the fiend like (laughs) the worst. Wow. The worst. Oh man. I'm so sick of the fiend. I never want to see the fiend again. I could see Bray Wyatt. I just don't ever want to see
2: the fiend again. How much of that has to do with the fiend itself and how much of that has to do with the fact that they really just destroyed it. Yeah. It's the
1: booking of the fiend that ruined it. Like, and, and it's one of those things like we said it when, be, even before like they had a wrestling match, we always said it has to be two separate characters like and like we haven't seen Bray Wyatt till this this you know mm-hmm. a, a month ago or whatever it was wrestle and that's not that's not what it should have been it should have been more of a balance rather than just have like the major like it was so much fiend way too fast it ruined it. It
2: really did, for for me at least. Well, you're definitely not alone. I don't know if a lot of people would say he was the worst of the year, but a lot of people definitely have completely soured on it for the same reasons you did. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would
1: be like, whatever, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Lashley, but I already used my Lashley. (laughs) Yes, you
2: did. (laughs) Aila, how about you for worst superstar?
0: I'm saving the worst for last... Bobby Lashley was my, is my superstar
2: in 2019. See? Had to sneak one in. I'm, I like that restraint of using him for that.
0: Yes, and I and will mention Lana's wigs. All terrible.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I really haven't watched enough to even notice that. Oh, Did that, you see the Bob's makeup
1: all over her face?
0: Is that what that was? Bob's MAC makeup?
2: Bob's MAC makeup.
0: Yeah, because like, yeah, like, her face was like, half her face was her makeup and the other was half was, like, really dark. I mean, what the hell's on her face?
2: Bob's um, Fenty
1: Beauty makeup? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least he, he supported your girl.
2: He did. <laughs> and our good friend Kevin Fenty down in Barbados. Yeah. I don't know if he sees any of that Fenty Beauty money, but his name <laughs> is right on there. So there I hope go. he does. <laughs> International ambassador for the yes. Matt Madness podcast. Uh, so... Do either of you want to guess who my worst superstar of the year is? Oh, it's either Bill Goldberg or Randy Orton. It is neither of those two. Wow! Wow! Uh,
0: hmm. It can't
1: be Baron Corbin because he was no. fantastic. No, yeah, you
0: I love like Baron him. Corbin. Uh, <laughs> I can't.
2: The Constable I, King Corbin.
0: Yes, amazing. I, I don't have one.
2: Uh, I kind of maybe I'm copping out here a little bit. It's it's Brock. Okay. Okay. I mean okay. that
0: guy to me
2: is like out. the poster child for like to me what is wrong with the way they present their TV show. Like they just don't have their finger on the pulse of what people want. They live in the past too much. They like Alo said something earlier about uh oh the Vikings not being as popular as Vince thinks. Brock Lesnar is not nearly as popular as Vince. Brock Lesnar might as well be a Viking. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Most of the things that Vince really pushes are things that he thinks are way more popular or way more interesting or way more entertaining than they actually are. And to me, nothing exemplifies that more than Brock Lesnar and their over-reliance on that guy who isn't even there most of the time. So Brock Lesnar is my worst superstar of the year, a year where there are plenty of candidates, uh, you know, Bob Lashley included, but I opted out of that when I... Gave him another worst of award. I think Seth Rollins, a worthy candidate. Uh, William Goldberg, worthy candidate. Uh, Mark Calloway, worthy candidate. Paul Levesque, worthy candidate. But Brock Lesnar. Sammy Guevara, worthy candidate. <laughs> <laughs> but Brock Lesnar is my official. I'm
0: shocked Sammy Guevara didn't win.
2: I, to me, I felt like I talked about him way too much leading up to it for me to make it, give him that award. I felt like that was like... I need to save something for Sammy Guevara for next year. He has something to aspire to. To dethrone. <laughs> Finally, someone could dethrone Brock Lesnar, and it would be for worst Superstar of the Year. Um Does anybody else have Actually, Alo, I have one more question for you. So you've been on a, a wrestling vacation. Yes. That ended yesterday. Yes. Um. After this vacation, are you like excited to get back into it? Or are you kind of like. I guess I have to like, what are your feelings about jumping back in?
0: Well, this is why I I came to you about the idea that I had on like with a new schedule and format and stuff is because we don't have to, and we don't have to digest everything and and digest everything weekly. You know, you don't have to sit, sit through the entire raw and just come together. We could talk about it before we record. well, in the beginning of what we're recording, and then we bring it we bring it all together on a preview show, and then we review the the pay per view the week after. So, <clears throat> as far as the whole getting back into it thing, I'm I'm trying to find things that I know we'll be excited to talk about, and a lot of things that we'll actually have have fun with. Because a lot of times for the weekly stuff, there's no excitement or there's no fun. It's just like what the hell is this, or it's like even when, even when you're not around. And I give you credit for trying to scrape up things to talk about when there isn't much to talk about. <laughs> because when I've had to host a show, I've, I've been scrambling for stuff to talk about as well. So I give you a ton of credit for that. But <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just trying to find things to be... Find things to, to, to make to show more fun and make us have fun. And the weekly shows just don't do that. But I don't have a problem at all talking about the, um, the few things the main major things that are happening on Raw. I don't have a problem with talking about the things that's happening in AEW, but I'm just trying to find my way and having fun with watching wrestling again because 2019, the summer I thought was excellent, but going into the fall and into the end of the year, it was just pretty much lackluster. And there's too much. This this is coming from me. There's too much, but I I was talking to somebody about how... The way things are in 2019, going to 2020, it's the new norm, and it's going to continue to get bigger. So we kind of just have to get adjusted to it. But that's how I feel about the whole situation.
2: So basically, you're not excited to jump back in. You're you're basically jumping back in and saying, "What can I find out of all of this that I actually enjoy?"
0: Yeah, because there's so much nowadays, and it's the new norm now. It's like you talked about WrestleMania or pay per views being four or five hours long. That's the new norm because every show from almost every company is going to be that long, and every almost every company has a streaming service. Every company has a YouTube page, Instagram page. So it's you can't not see anything anymore. It's everything's all over the place, and sometimes you do. You, sometimes you do go out and seek other, other things by nefarious means, or you just sit down and watch what's on your television. But there is a lot nowadays to watch, and it's all about what you want to digest. But I. Like, I don't have a problem with the WWE stuff, but I think there's ways that we can adjust to make it fun for us. And that's what I'm looking forward to, to jumping back yeah.
2: into. Right. So I have one final question for, for the two of you. But first I'll ask, do either of you have any final thoughts to add before I ask the final question?
0: I have a question. Okay. So, as you know, my favorite... Uh, award for the award show is always the breakout superstar of the year so in 2020 I, I i would like a male and a female who do you think will be the breakout star of 2020 and of the decade the next decade
2: Ooh. so for me i'm going to say you guys might think that this is a Someone who's already too established, but I I don't think she is. I think Bianca Belair is going to be a true breakout star of this year and the next decade. Hasn't held a title yet. Has really only been put in that, in like the title picture the one time. I think she's going to be like one of the true faces of WWE for a good chunk of this next decade. And again, while this may not be a breakout star. Actually, you know what? Yeah, might not be a breakout star, but again, because all of his success has come in NXT, and because I think he still has so much room to grow, I'm going to say uh, Patrick Clark, whatever iteration that character takes on. Like, I think those are two people, male and female, that are unbelievably talented, unbelievably charismatic, like great athletes and workers that still have so much room to grow, and I think they're people that are going to be, like... We will say their name in this decade. (laughs) Yeah, mine's uh, for the female.
1: I think that Io Shirai has, like, the most potential, like, to be a bigger star on the main roster. Even with that, like, Japanese, you know, she she only speaks, you know, Japanese or whatever. Mm -hmm. But her character in NXT... Is everything that Vince probably wishes Oscar could be as a heel. <laughs> um, as far as the male, I think that I'm gonna go with somebody who's already on the main roster. I'm gonna say Biggie. <laughs> I think that we will see Biggie finally do something <laughs> this year and for the next, you know, at least five years as we know it.
2: I like I like both of those.
0: Well, my. Uh... My superstar in the next decade is Brock Lesnar. I'm joking. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean they He'll still be there. Seem to think that. He'll
0: still be there. But uh, for the breakout that I think for next year, I think it'll be Keith Lee. Because I talked about last week on the reward show, I would love to know the, the, the work that went into who's going to finish those Survivor Series matches. It ended up being Rhea Ripley and Keith Lee for NXT. And Keith Lee getting the rub over Roman... Rub with Roman Reigns. And I don't think on the main roster he'll get the rub because I think he'll fall into the whole Samoa Joe pattern because of his size and he could do everything else. So he'll be kind of seen as a utility and a stepping stone. But I think he'd be a real big deal in 2020. And for women... I put this on Instagram. Ready? I, I, I'm pick, I'm saying Chelsea Green. I think she has everything. I think she, I think she's really good. I think she's almost a total package except for polish. But um, I think I I think that's her. And for the decade, I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley.
2: Well, yeah, she's only what like 22. Uh huh. So yeah, she's hasn't even reached her her prime yet. So obviously a good contender for. Like breakout star of the decade.
0: Yeah, and who knows Uh, if Ashley will still be around by then, so.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) I hope not.
0: Well, she's Uh, engaged.
2: Oh, is that official? Yes. Cool. Real (laughs) original, Andrade. (laughs) When I asked if there were any final thoughts, it looked like maybe you were about to say something, but I'm not sure if you were. But I'll give you the opportunity now if you were. Oh, yeah. I mean...
1: Sticking with the like future theme. Alo, what figure do you want to see <laughs> in the next coming year?
0: That's already announced or unannounced?
1: No, no, no. Like something that's not announced that you do want to see.
0: Uh oof. Um Huh. Just one,
1: just one. Yeah, I mean, you can say as many as you want. Okay,
0: well, just... I want everything. Velveteen Dream is coming. I want the, Velvet, <laughs> the N.W.O. Velveteen Dream. We had the the show with the boa, dresses Hollywood. Holder. Yeah, I want that. Um, I don't, I don't really know because I wanted that 1999 Triple H, and we got it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they knocked everything out everything that i wanted personally out the park because that was a lot because i remember when we did the san diego comic-con episode and that was the one thing i was like cr- dying for and they actually announced it before we before they even uh dropped so i'm not i'm not i'm not sure what
2: about a rebellious bailey figure does that exist yet
0: no but the haircuts gonna be terrible on that figure <laughs> <laughs> I'll pray to get Sasha Banks face scan right. That's, 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 that's
1: I was that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe a good Sasha Banks figure will work.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because you can't get the zombie anymore.
0: Yeah, so I'll take a good Sasha Banks face scan. But yeah, I think they hit on a lot of stuff for the most part. Like I'll take more Shaw Michaels any time. But at, even him, they knocked most of those out already.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't really even have a picture, or I don't even have a pick. I mean, I guess if I had to pick, it's it's not so much a figure. More, I mean, I just looked up and I'm like, damn, I would really like to see that line again. I would like them to bring back the defining moments line. Yeah. Like I like the idea of taking like a moment and freezing it in time and putting it in a figure. I love it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree.
1: I didn't even realize they discontinued it. Yep,
0: they yeah,
1: did. Yeah, I mean, they they flip flop online. like, entrance grades is already done.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll like, it just came
1: back. Like the Hall of Fame line is over.
0: Well, well, prep. This will be an easy out, but uh, I want a good company to do AEW figures. <laughs> this, that is
1: true. You know what? I am really looking forward to those Super Seven figures. Are they
0: doing? They're, they're doing New Japan and the Lucha Brothers, right? Yeah, if no,
1: Boss Fight Studios is doing the future brothers.
0: Yeah, because like if if Super Seven, they could just start with the Elite and that'll all sell out instantly. Yeah. And go from there. Because we don't really need a Jericho yet. Jericho could be like in Wave 2. Or if they want to involve Jericho in Wave 1, just do do Cody Kenny the Bucks, and you could do Jericho. In the first wave. And then you could throw in Hangman later but that's all I really that's what I that's what I think
2: alright so then my final question I will address to the two of you this is our worst of episode Uh, so continuing with that theme do you think 2020 is worse than 2019 oof um
0: the way the way things have gone I'm gonna say yes because things have gotten (laughs) progressive progressively worse and Prep
2: what about you? Will 2020 be worse than 2019 was? No.
1: Because remember before AEW happened like I said what had to happen for WWE to really change stuff is when money starts coming, you know, when money starts getting cut out of their pockets, mm-hmm. when 200,000 of their viewers are being seen on a or being reflected on AEW's numbers. That's going to start to happen. You know, a million viewers leave, a million viewers are actually, a million viewers more are watching the other show. So I think they have no choice but to, you know, the money's not going to stay. Contracts, you could always get out of them. So if Fox really isn't
2: happy, they could do something about it. So you think then that AEW has provided enough of a competition and an alternative that it will force WWE to be better than they've been. And it's not even that they're like I I'm not even satisfied with AEW, right. it's just the fact that they exist. They exist and there there are a number of people. Yeah. Like over half a million people are watching every week and usually closer to a million than a half yeah, million. That's that's it.
1: Like they, they they really have to do something and I, I think it'll get better. Like this whole lot of shit will probably be done in the next few weeks and then we can move on You know, now's the build you know, you get the Royal Rumble you get that middle pay per view and then you get the damn Wrestlemania so at least now I know they'll try <laughs>
2: well I'm, I'm happy that we ended with a little bit of optimism on the Worst Of show um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it I hope if anyone is watching uh, the weekly products over the next week until we're back I hope you enjoy them uh, for Preptagon Jr. Josh Prepagina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him ALO. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Paschery Jr. And, you know, goodbye for Andre as well. Thanks for being here. Um, we will see you next week.
0: on the top rope, By the land elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle
1: tuning up the band y'all don't understand This is superman it's a summer slam here we go again fans mocking man man i hate my balls shut the mr man it ain't shake the land off the cell fans love it ain't hard to tell talking madness awesome well what i'm cooking man y'all off the
0: smell